What's up, everybody? Welcome back to I Came With Fire podcast. Tonight, we are here with Joe Jody Daniels. Hello, Joe. How are you? Good, guys. How are you? Pretty good. It's been a really weird week in our country. It has indeed. It has. Well, Up until actually this good. very moment, there's all kinds of stuff going on. I feel like there's always something going on. They just want to keep us in a perpetual loop of nonsense. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Unfortunately. Yeah. Well, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself uh, to everybody, and then um, I want to give I'm going to give you a little bit of a uh, explanation as well after uh, you you go ahead and uh, say hello. Sure. Sure. Uh, well, you and I. Brandon, you and I have known each other for, I think, uh, maybe two or three years through Instagram. And mm -hmm. we hooked up. I don't remember exactly how, but it was because of our security police, security forces background that we connected. And then over time, we just had more communication, especially this last year. Definitely. As so much stuff has been going on uh, in mm -hmm. the country. And um, for me, I, I'm a California guy. I was born in the Central Valley in Fresno, but I was raised here in Phoenix where I live now. Uh, although I did just move back after spending 26 years in California. As you know, I lived in Lodi, so just east of you in, in Fairfield. Mm -hmm. um, I lived there for 22 years and I lived on the coast uh, in the Pismo Beach area, Central, Central Coast area for seven years before moving back Beautiful. here to take care of my mom. So, yeah. Right. and uh for me i'm just the guy who's worked a lot of different careers and has a uh different industries and has a lot of different stories and a lot of different experiences exactly yeah no you you uh you actually kind of said what i wanted to say is that over the past year we've just definitely kind of linked up and become friends through Instagram. And, um, you know, we share a lot in common, not just our Air Force experience, but a lot of the ways we think, um, the things we share with each other, all that mm -hmm. stuff. And, um, you know, you definitely have a very interesting background. And I, I know I've said before, I kind of see you as sort of a, a renaissance man of sorts. Yeah. Um, even now, you know, I, you're trying to go back to school to finish a degree. And that's not something a lot of people would do at this point in their life. So yeah, um, it's just that's, resonates a lot with me because I'm always changing, always trying to change, you know, mm -hmm. change up what I do, adapting to different things. And, uh, you know, I just have a, always had a hard time sitting still. I've always been in school, started a, another master's program, like just always doing crap. So yeah, that's great. Me, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, yeah. but I'm happy to have you on tonight and thanks who, guys. Who kind of knows where this conversation is going to go. I know we're going to talk about a lot of squirrely stuff. So yeah. 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 Excellent. Good. <laughs> For sure. You're definitely like a renaissance so, uh, man because I was reading through the email you sent us to kind of give us like your backstory, and there's so yeah. much going on in there. So like, <laughs> you yeah, definitely a had a very interesting life. And one of these things you said, Shh, "Don't talk about that," but guess what? Well, we're going to talk about it. So. <laughs> <laughs> just, that's a good jumping off point, Zach. Why don't you just go ahead and dive right in? Sure. You want me to dive right into the shit don't talk about? Just get that out of might, the way? <laughs> might as might as well, you know? So let I the cat see, out of the bag. Let's do it. I see here, Joe, you used to work for an OBGYN office, right? I did. You did? Yeah. Where did where did you yeah. work? Like when was this? What and where? Where was where and when? This was uh this was about this was twelve years ago. Um, okay. Brandon, you might appreciate this, Brandon, just because of the area that we, we both live in there, in, in that area along Highway 12, Fairfield mm -hmm. to the Central Valley right there. Mm -hmm. um, employment is kind of 
iffy in the small areas of Lodi and Stockton. So um, usually you have to go to the larger city areas, whether it's Sacramento or you got to commute to San Francisco or do whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had to, I was in positions where I had to take jobs that um, kept me close to home. And this was an opportunity because I had spent a little time in the supplement business uh, to manage uh, a medical practice. And this particular doctor was winding down the OB side, which is birthing babies, Mm -hmm. uh, and still sticking with general health, GYN, and surgeries, and and all kinds of others. We we did just about everything there was except getting into the birthing aspects of it. So um, I did that for six years, ran the office. It was just a small office, about four of us that were in there. Um, But we did a lot of surgeries over that time, and I had opportunities and i in my email i jokingly said Shh, don't talk about it because uh it, it of course is not it's not california compliant as far as the uh medical there's board of, is concerned in california but i california compliant that are uh, just normal that's, that's, that's exactly right <laughs> yeah yeah exactly we did a lot of uh of of actual cosmetic surgeries and one of the reasons was because uh a a lot of the physician that i worked for a lot of his patients after giving birth would come back to him and say hey i got sagging skin i've got this Mm -hmm. i got can you take care of this for me so he went through training and uh obtained the ability surgically uh he's he was gifted with his hands anyway gifted with the knife uh, and I had an opportunity to assist in a lot of those, whether they were facelifts, whether they were um, certain general surgery procedures, uh, liposuction, um, s- excess skin removal, things like mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. Uh, seemingly so, This besides the other career I know you want to talk about, uh, it, that tended to be on the bloody side. So mm-hmm. it was very, very fascinating. Uh, to learn about the mechanics, learn more in depth the mechanics of the body, uh, and actually being a part of of an actual these live surgeries, being actually in there, not under scary circumstances. I mean, this isn't like open heart surgery or uh, even removing a gallbladder or anything like that. This is just simple what you would call surface surgery, uh, but it's it's. It's blood and guts, nevertheless. Uh, mm-hmm. None of it was under general anesthesia. It was always what's called twilight procedures. So they're kind of sleepy, kind of awake. And um, no real no real experiences, no real troubles. We did have one patient I know that uh, was what you would call a bleeder. He just was excessively bleeding after a, after a facelift, an S incision facelift, which is cutting behind the ear, pulling the skin back here. And then suturing mm. behind the ear where a scar is not seen. Uh, and he had real problems. And it was something that we had to try to get him stabilized. It took about 48 hours to get him stabilized. Um, but um, eventually he, he clotted and, and, and was okay. Uh, but it was kind of a scary experience. We had some experiences with, um, I remember one older lady who was uh, an older female patient who was probably in her late 60s and had original breast implants done in the 1970s. So okay. these were some of the first types of, um, of silicone that were done. OG, and, OG fake boobs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, she wanted them removed and, uh, I guess, lack of a better word of putting it, updated. Mm. And uh, usually, and this is the reason I I, I vehemently don't like uh, 
breast implants because of the safety aspect of them. Even even when they're saline mm-hmm. water, saline water uh, implants, there's just something about putting that foreign substance in the body that I just, at this point, especially in my life, I don't agree with. In her case, we literally had, because of the age of these things, which was 30, 35, 40 plus years, they... Mm-hmm literally came out in, in pieces in chunks oh, wow. because once we exposed the yeah once we exposed this they were uh basically it was all breaking apart when the air hit it and so it was just a thorough cleaning job of breaking all of this up which meant silicone was all over the place it had to be evacuated there were two of us helping the assisting the doctor at that time because it was just completely unanticipated not anticipated that that was going to happen uh, but it ended up being pretty, pretty messy, but I'll say that sounds it like clean. cleaning. It sounds like cleaning the sand out of the floorboards of yeah. your car after a bay at the beach. Yeah. Yeah. Literally, literally. And, uh, I had, I don't know if we had heard stories about the possibility of this happening before it was the first time that he had ever encountered it, but he was very cool and collected under pressure. And as long as he had the extra hands there, he needed, we were able to get her cleaned up and, uh, completely evacuating that cavity of all the the excrement material from those previous implants and we got her placed with new saline implants and it's good to go so but it was it it was that was one of the interesting experiences yeah definitely. for sure yeah, yeah i've always i'm not gonna lie to you like i remember a point in my life realizing that men worked as like OBGYNs and and performing like pelvic exams and stuff like that and thinking mm-hmm. like the majority of these doctors are men. And I was like, how, how do you go through medical school and be like, this is what I'm going to do. Like, there has to be a point where other people look at you like, is, is, is that what you're trying to do? You're just trying to like, look at chicks, you know, and, and be down there. I have a feeling that like, that's, that's some sort of like underlying stigma, but it has to be awkward being, I feel like at some point you have to either reconcile the awkwardness of being a guy doing that. And Mm -hmm. then get to the point where you just say, screw it. But I know so many women who are like, I don't want a guy doing that oh, yeah. stuff and prefer women. More so, yeah, more so today than it ever was 20, 30, 40, 50 years ago. And the specialty of of uh, OBGYN itself, I don't think it came into existence until maybe the 1970s at some point. Before then, it was just you were a general physician and you decided that that's what your focus was going to be on. And uh, it's one of the highest malpractice insurance uh, rates are with OBGYNs um, there. And there's another one that's actually higher than that. I can't remember which one it is. Um, but I feel like- cost of cost, Yeah, I know you'll look it up, Zach. That's, I know that's what you do. Yeah. Uh, cost of doing business is, is very high overhead, takes a lot of patience to make a, a typical OBGYN practice work. Um, uh, there's a lot of satisfaction about it, but I, I, you're right in that I think there are also more females in medical school than there ever was 50 years ago. There so are, that yeah. makes that makes a huge difference. Uh, it? there, it's very long hours uh, yeah. because yeah. you know either you have a doctor covering for you or you're on it's call, messy. and yeah, you're up in the middle of the night. And and in right. my case personally, my wife uh, at that time when I was still married. Uh, we, uh, did surrogacies. Uh, mm-hmm. my oh, wife okay. carried, my wife carried babies for, uh, another couple that could not, uh, conceive mm-hmm. on their own. And she ended up carrying twins the first time, uh, for oh, this dang. couple. And then about six years later, carried a, a, a single baby for them. So, mm. uh, 
in addition to my own son, I went through the birthing process with her in these situations uh, with somebody else's children. So it, it, it was an interesting dynamic going through that, but it also gave me a, uh, it gave me a view of the, the birthing, you know, obviously people that have multiple children, they go through this. Like, I know you have a, a you have two children, Brandon, mm-hmm. and you got one on the way, Zach, right? Yep. There you go. It already has a no. mustache. Yeah, there's the guy here after my own heart. <laughs> yeah, I've had a mustache actually most of my life. So uh, uh, your your mustache growing, I can completely appreciate. It's the uh, Good. it's the old Tom Selleck for us that grew up in the 70s and 80s. Uh, the Hawaiian, Hawaiian shirt and the, that's the, dude, it. the dude booty shorts. That's it, which I'll come yeah. back to that in a, in, in, a, in a little bit when we talk about the Air Force. Um, Before we get too I, far, I gotta, though, there was uh, – it is. It was, so the number one was plastic surgeons for mal- malpractice. Malpractice. And then – it's OBGYNs and then yeah. orthopedics. So people work with your uh, yeah. bones. And replacements could... of hips and, yeah. and knee replacements and things like that. Yeah. They're, they're all three very highly technical skills. Yeah. And obviously... I feel like in the, in the sixties and seventies, when you didn't really have an option that the, I feel like the, the medical practice was probably just inundated with nothing but male doctors and was. the malpractice going on back then has to be like a bank robber working at a bank. Like yeah. you're constantly surrounded by the thing you want and are going to do anything inappropriate to get like that. Yep. I mm-hmm. can't even imagine. Yeah, exactly. It was always a male physician and you had female nurses. And right, right. Uh, of course, back then in those days, they used to wear those funny nurses hats and mm-hmm. a lot of those traditions have slipped by the wayside and there's believe there's, it or not, you know interestingly enough there's still a shortage of nurses today so it's, yeah it's true nurse it's i need the room i need you to go ahead and uh just just head on out of here <laughs> <laughs> while i do my examination right. yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> exactly exactly P-P-P, but great experiences uh you know i, I kind of ran the business side of things uh, the greatest, one of the greatest things about it, obviously that's an, an interesting thing is participating in surgeries. Um, probably one of the, the, the greatest thing though, was actually gaining this, this general knowledge of, of medicine because of the different things, different patients that we would see with different ailments, whether they were hormone issues, um, uh, internal organ type issues, pains. We had a few cancer patients here and there, even though he wasn't an oncologist. There were things that mm. uh, OBGYNs typically, they're general physicians as well. So a, a females that, that will have an OBGYN, they're also their general practitioner. Uh, mm. So there's always that general medical uh, knowledge, those general medical issues that you'll see uh, patients for. And that was great. I just it, one then probably the greatest lesson that I've learned, which you know from some of the posts that I do because I'm a naturalist in, in the way of food and things we put on our skin and all these other things. Um, the greatest thing that I learned is that uh, with with the human being, there is no one size fits all when it comes to medicine, when it comes mm. to treatment, diagnosis, when it comes to drugs, when it comes to supplements. There are things that'll work for Zach that won't work for me that'll work for you and vice versa and all the way around. Mm. And it takes experimentation, depending on what your diagnosis is, what you may be going through. Uh, it takes experimentation because what works for that guy over there doesn't necessarily, isn't going to necessarily work for you. So uh, that was one of the biggest takeaways is to have an open mind, which also applies to a lot of the things that I talk about, which is diet. 
Mm -hmm. uh, so it, in, in the way of diet, if somebody wants to be vegan, that's great. But there are a great many people such as myself that we've got to be primarily on the meat side or our bodies mm -hmm. just don't function well. Everybody well, biologically is different. Going to your, uh, you're talking about how like with doctors, they need to kind of experiment a little bit and kind of figure out what works best with you. I think something that kind of sucks with modern medicine or today's doctors in general is they tend to focus so much on the symptoms and they'll treat symptoms mm -hmm. only and they don't actually mm -hmm. try to find or solve the root cause. They're like, oh, you're in pain? Well, here's ibuprofen forever. But that ibuprofen is going to mess up your liver, so here's pills to help your liver. But the liver right. is going to mess up your kidneys, so here's things for your kidneys. And then your kidneys are <laughs> – and it just – next That's thing you know, right. you're on like 20 medications – when at the end of the day, they could have just been like, you're in pain because you have a broken leg, dummy. Let's fix that. Right. Like, that's a very dumb down It's a cascading. Version. Yeah. yeah it's, it's a cascading effect. And like, I oftentimes I, would, I would run into seniors that would have uh, a, a drawer full or a tray full of medications that were prescribed to them by four different physicians. Mm -hmm. Nobody communicates with each other. Nobody's knowing right. what the one interaction of one drug has with the other. I mean, some of some of the, a lot of the seniors they'll they'll take up to you know ten different prescriptions for whatever with a high blood pressure, and then they've got this, they've got that. All of these things have interactions with you, with each other. In addition to if you were just to take the medication on its own, what kind of contraindications are is it going to what problems are is it going to cause? And uh, it's a scary thing. And to your point, Zach, you're exactly right. There, there is no there, there's treatment of symptoms. There is let's not figure out what's the best way to try to solve the problem all, uh, overall. Which a lot of times it's just it should be just diet and lifestyle changes. Mm -hmm. And I've seen people completely cure themselves of diabetes, of all kinds of different ailments, just sleep, diet, reducing as much stress as possible, and getting away from a lot of processed foods and all these other things that are poisoning us. And I'm just a huge, huge proponent and believer in these things to the point where medicine, and all for all intents and purposes, the entire healthcare system needs to be blown up and yeah. completely started new. And there are a lot of physicians out there that don't like what they do now. They've gone through medical school and they get to the point where they're seeing 40 patients a day. They can't properly address what these people are feeling, what they need, and uh, they get burnout. Yeah, like, I'm, it's definitely I'm done a with big, this. It's definitely a big like, money kind of scheme, too. There's like, way bigger it is. organizing the smaller things underneath. Because I recently was watching a video, it was a couple weeks ago, but it was talking about how there's this doctor. And uh, he's like, I know my patient needs this specific medication or whatever. He's like, and I'll prescribe it to them. But if they go to the pharmacy and tell the pharmacy they have insurance, then the insurance is going to charge everyone involved like $200 for this medication. Mm -hmm. um, and I won't make any, I'll make very little. The insurance company is going to make a whole bunch the prescription company, the company that makes the medicine is going to make little, and then that patient's still going to pay like a $25 copay. Mm -hmm. But if that patient said, I don't have insurance, they would have just bought the medication at price and price would have been $12. And I would have made more money off the $12 yeah. than I would have made on the insurance loop on the $25 yeah. copay. But legally, yeah. But, yeah, but legally the doctor can't tell the patient, hey, tell them you don't have insurance because then that's a breach of contract he has with the pharmaceutical company. Exactly. 
So it's exactly. like a, it's, it's like a, a big no, you hit it right to on. add more mm-hmm. things mm-hmm. for the pharmaceutical soup company to make money. Yeah. And it just ties everyone's hands. It's stupid. Yeah. Yeah. Healthcare is not a right. Healthcare is uh, an option for people that need it. I think it should be used um, few and far between. I think if people really seriously just concentrated on, which is easier said than done, Mm -hmm. concentrating on their own health, concentrating on eating healthy, on exercising, on sleeping, all of these things that are talked about ad nauseum, but nobody does. And it's really bothersome uh, you know, recognizing the fact that there are the familial aspects of the way people were raised. They had pie for breakfast in the morning. I mean, you know, the 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 degree See? of things that you come across in the way of processed foods and the way somebody eats because their mom and dad ate that way and because their mm-hmm. brothers and sisters ate that way. And they continue that cycle through their own children. And it, it just it, it just steamrolls and steamrolls. And we've gotten away from this aspect. I know we're kind of going down a rabbit hole, but it's related to medicine because we like that. food, food is, this, it's, it's all about food. And mm-hmm. we've gotten away from where we were a hundred years ago into this manufactured food process where all of these people that produce, all these companies that produce ingredients that go into all the crackers and the cookies and all of mm-hmm. these, these goodies, they're all just like healthcare, just like Zach. Just for, everybody's got a piece of the pie. Mm-hmm. High fructose, fructose corn syrup people do. The MSG people do. All of these different ingredients, they've all got a piece of the pie. And they all utilize these ingredients to hook the taste buds in and to hit that mind connection that gets you addicted to eating that food. Mm-hmm. When what you should be eating is just meat. What basically grows out of the ground, grows on trees forget everything else and it's easier said than done because people utilize food for emotional reasons they just yeah emotional eaters but Mm -hmm. the thing with that is is as we've grown into a society in general as human beings we outsource everything because it's become it's become the the mode to survive is outsourcing everything Mm -hmm. whether it's you know back in the day people going out hunting and bringing back food or now you can go to a grocery store and we've gotten so accustomed to outsourcing everything that people don't have a say in what is presented to them as whatever they've asked for. So mm-hmm. you have that, you know, the grocery store, the food's there, outsourcing education for your children. You know, so yep. now you have these wackos at these elementary schools or wherever trying to essentially deprogram your That's kids right. from the stuff that you're trying to teach them at home, which is just weird and creepy in general that That's somebody's right. trying to program your child. Mm-hmm. They have them for hours out of the day. So it's it's an outsourcing thing and people aren't used to taking care of themselves anymore. People aren't used to having that that responsibility that you're supposed to have over your own life. And unfortunately, and fortunately, right, because I'd never say that things aren't it's not a miracle or it is a miracle that we have yeah, things like there you go. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. It's, it's a that's miracle it right that we there. have things. That's it right there. Yeah. No, that's it. That's true. But, you know, things like grocery stores are are miracles and things like indoor plumbing, that's all a miracle. But everything is outsourced. Nobody knows how to take care of themselves anymore. And it's why I always joke that when the shit hits the fan, there's going to be a lot of dead people out there. There's going to be a lot of people that go go after everybody else because they don't have these basic human skills. That's right. And the unfortunate thing about having a society as advanced as, as us is all of these things that 
we had to do to survive that made us into the humans we are today, they've fallen away because we don't need them anymore right. on this level. And so it's it's outsourcing. You mm-hmm. go look in, in Europe, half the stuff that we eat, like the things on this this freaking um, memes act, like Twinkies, yeah. there's crap in those that's not even legal to sell in Europe. That's in Europe, you know? that's exactly yeah. right. And that's, After a nuclear I always Holocaust, see these people. Twinkies will still be here. <laughs> that's yeah. right. That's the, what they've the always said. Ho- the zombie Holocaust too. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. No, you you go, you see these people that go online. They're like, oh, I've moved from the United States to Europe. And uh, when I was in the United States, I avoided bread. I avoided cheese. I avoided all these things that are fat and was just eating veggies and yada, 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 yada. And all I eat here is meat and bread and cheese and wine. And I feel great. I've lost mm-hmm. weight. A lot of these issues That's I right. have are gone because it's mostly natural food over there. Mm-hmm. And exactly. It's crazy to think that you can go eat cheese and butter, like real butter and bread and lose weight, but it happens. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. it's it's so funny. There's a picture of um I see another meme. It's it's Kevin James from like King of Queens. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. And it was like this this at this point, like twenty years ago, this was the most obese that somebody would be like on on TV or whatever. And that was like supposed to be huge. Mm-hmm. And now he's like the regular guy at the grocery store. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I've lived in Europe a lot of my life. You just don't see people that big and there are, but it's definitely nowhere near as prominent at all. Yeah. And, uh, you, you know, talking to a lot of the European counterparts I've had over time, they're shocked to see the stuff that, that Americans eat all the time. They're like, why do you, why do you eat that? That's so fake. It's, it's so bad for you. It is. Yeah. You're right. And, yeah. and uh, it's, it's just nuts, man. Like we have no control over everything because we've, we've let other people make our decisions for us. Right. Which makes us extremely vulnerable. Mm-hmm. There's another person that you guys will probably know, an actor by the name of uh, Ethan Suppley. He played, um, he's been in a lot <laughs> of the football movies that real heavy set guy, uh, I can't remember the name of the movies. He was in that TV show. They they call me Earl. I think was the name of it. Um, I know back, the TV maybe, show you're talking about. Yeah, and he was the uh, he was the sidekick of um, of uh, I can't remember. The name. Anyway, uh, he's gone through rapid weight loss. He was 375, maybe close to 400 pounds. And you see him. He was always cast as lineman in some of these mm-hmm. team football movies that were because he was so big. Yeah. Now you look at him, and uh, the only thing wrong with him is this sagging skin that he could hopefully have surgically taken care of because the skin has has been stretched so much. He's just a beast. Is and, this the guy that was in? Um, remember, remember the Titans? Yes, I think yes. It, that's I one of the exactly movies that he was in. About. Yes. Yep. Ethan exactly Suppley. Yeah, he's voided uh, out now. He's not actually on. He's board. just just, just amazing. Yeah. yeah. And he. Um, I mean, you know, appearance and all that, which is something we can go into. There's aesthetics. That's one thing. But mm-hmm. in his case, uh, when physicians told him he was going to die unless he changed his life, he was one of the smart ones. He's not River Phoenix. He's not one of these other ones. that's just going to burn out and die. Mm. Uh, he decided to change himself. And when you put that kind of transformation on on social media for people to see, it's inspirational. It really it is. is. And I like to see these things snowball, uh, uh, the, the healthy aspects and what people are, they'll look at what they're eating. They'll go through their kitchen cabinets and they'll just start shoving everything in the trash and they'll start afresh. And it takes a long time for the body to adapt to these types of changes. But holy smokes, 
Is it ever mm-hmm. worth it? And I've always, people have always said this to me because I'm, I've, uh, I just turned 59. Um, there in is. my case, people, yeah, there he is. That's him. Just amazing. Awesome. Just, yeah, just an amazing <laughs> dude. Um, in my case, people said, you know, you're going to die. What you might as well enjoy yourself. No, because I've had too many family members mm-hmm. who suffered with so many debilitating diseases and chronic illnesses when they got into their 60s, 70s, and 80s that I just said to myself, I'm not going to be that way. I'm not going to be like my dad who died of heart failure. I'm not going to have diabetes that runs in my family. I'm not going to get close to any of that because I want to have quality of life because as a famous strength coach by the name of Dan John, which a lot of people will know that name, he says, I want to be able to dance at my granddaughter's wedding. Mm. taking care of himself so he can remain and get into this, those later stages of life where he can enjoy life and not have to worry about all the aches and pains because he treated his body like crap. Yeah. That's really what it comes down to. There mm-hmm. was a, and aesthetics are just kind of a byproduct of it, you know, for if sure. you, you like to last, exercise and all that. Yeah. yeah. Last, last Christmas, there was like a really like neat, like Christmas commercial that was uh, going around for the holidays. And it was, uh, there's this mm-hmm. older gentleman, like in his like seventies or eighties. And he like, can't, he's like got a walker and he can't like lift mm. anything. And so he yeah. just, he, this just one. he decides, he's, you know what, I, I'm going to work out. So he starts lifting like two pound weights, five pound weights. Yeah. And everyone, I remember like, this commercial. The whole family's like thinking he's crazy. And he's gone nuts. Yeah. And it was all just so at the end of like the next Christmas, he could pick up his granddaughter that's and it. Help her put the star on top of the tree. It was a beautiful commercial to do that, and it, it was about yep. health. It was like start small, build up, become healthy, enjoy life again. And that's what it's all that's about. Right. Just enjoy that's life. Right. Perfect, perfect message. Yeah. yeah, and I live in this retirement area now, which I'm, obviously I'm not retired. Too. It was all just yeah. It was all exactly. That's exactly the message yeah. was in what was being displayed in front of us. It didn't yep. have to be Most words. And, way. And, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just imagery is just powerful. Uh, I live in this retirement area. I and, and it, with with you know people that are using walkers and all this other stuff, and it's 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 hard for me because I see people that they didn't have to give this stuff up. They could have kept going to a playground. They could have kept playing, jumping, rolling, doing pull ups, mm. doing whatever it is to keep themselves in shape. But man, whatever it is that that American life does to people when you get into the working age of you know past college or wherever you're at in your twenties and you get family and you do these other things. All that stuff goes goes by the wayside. I understand because I've been there. I know there's only so much time, but mm-hmm. once those kids get older and they're doing their own thing, they're playing sports, and you got a little bit of time for yourself. Well, I tell you what, set up a little area in your own garage, clean out that junk food, exercise, start eating clean, and it'll just make a world of difference in the way your body feels, the way your metabolism works. You're going to make yourself less susceptible to these chronic diseases that are so prevalent and that really, because of Western society and this whole other discussion on the poisoning of society over the last well over 100 years with pesticides and everything else, mm-hmm. um, you're going you're gonna to live longer. And that's what it's all about. But when you're in the process of living longer, you're going to feel better. And that's, yeah. Yeah, that's what it's all about. I think it's you know, by there's, design, though. There's two, there's, it is. There's two main yeah. things going on here. There's the American lifestyle. The older you get is a march toward more comfort. And the more money you make, the more comfort there is. And really what you're doing is you're sapping your life away from you by doing that. Brilliant. By getting comfortable, you're not doing things you would normally do. We have in my family, 
um, she's a great grandmother, but she gets down on the floor every day to put her shoes on so that she has Mm -hmm. to get down, tie her shoes and then stand up. And that's like the minimum that she does every day. And Mm -hmm. it's just having that motion and doing that and using those muscles and those, those, those groups that is helping her stay spry, the walking around, all this stuff. And it, it doesn't take a lot of effort. And you would, you and I, we take that for granted, getting down on the floor, putting your shoes on and standing back up. But mm-hmm. it's it's those minimal effort sorts of things. And, and she does other things as well. But those things really help. And that, oh, they do. That, that march toward comfort that that people have gotten into that mindset of is is very Western, like you said. And And the other thing here, too, is we've grown a culture in the United States where where being overweight is glorified mm-hmm. and. And you have all these people now where and kind of like what I was saying with Kevin James, how he was kind of like the, the, the picture boy for obese, right. To make fun of in this show, you know, King of Queens, but mm-hmm. now it's become like normal. And, um, I think we're all familiar with the, the singer Lizzo. She just got in trouble. Yeah. She got yep. sued yeah. and all that stuff. And she yeah. had, she had that competition. It was like called like the big girls competition or something like that, where she took all these overweight dancers and they had a competition and that was kind of the thing is like, you're beautiful the way you are and mm-hmm. you can get on stage and you can do all these things that, you know, everybody else can do, which is total BS because you, you can't just be in that condition and start doing some sort of crazy cardiovascular workout or dance. You're going to hurt yourself. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, is she's massively overweight herself, right? Yeah. And then you have this culture essentially where she becomes the picture girl for the like obese bad bitch movement, right? And she starts losing weight. This was this was like maybe earlier this year. Mm-hmm. And she starts getting shamed for losing weight. Because yeah, how she's essentially been put on that exactly, exactly. How dare, how dare you? Exactly, you're supposed yep. to be fat just like us. And there's yeah. this culture now where you're getting in trouble for getting better, right? Mm-hmm. And you know, obviously, she did a lot of really screwed up, screwed up crap. That, and that, mm-hmm. that's what I, that's kind of what I think yeah. a lot of that is the situation surrounding her is there's all these 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 fat women that she's got around her doing these dances whether yeah. you know, they're they're backup dancers backup singers detracting from her overweightness or whatever she's doing there like mm-hmm. subconsciously okay they just see somebody successful and they know they're not happy in their body no matter what they say no matter how they act on camera they're not happy with the way they look so you get like you said Zach it's just like this massive tear down of one another you know but it, yeah. it is we have this culture in the United States where it is it's it's being overweight it's being weak all these things they are now yeah. the thing that's praised and the outlier has become being in shape thinking for yourself traditional values all this stuff mm-hmm. and it all is just this crazy cycle of crap and the erosion of values and yeah anyway fries it's, it's exactly it's, it exactly it's by design brandon a mm-hmm. a overweight um populace that can't think for itself is 100 percent reliable and everything you provide mm-hmm. cannot it makes us vulnerable you. It cannot yeah, it makes us extremely vulnerable, as we found out somewhat with COVID in a lot of different ways yeah. with the lockdowns. Uh, obviously, there's there's a lot behind that, but um, yeah, it's that vulnerability, like you you were saying, Brandon. How many young kids today actually know how how to hunt and fish? How many mm-hmm. actually know how to shoot a, a weapon of some kind? Uh, mm-hmm. Can go out and hunt for themselves. Can go out and forage for themselves. 
Nobody does. I mean, there's yes. a lot of youth today. They don't even want to drive. Uh, yeah. yeah. If foraging yeah. is a scary thing, there's so mm-hmm. many different types of plants. That oh yeah. You can eat and so many different types of plants that you can't, and they all It'll look kill like you. one another. Yeah. Yep. This, this yep. fruit looks, or this berry is nice and red and looks inviting. Yeah. yeah that, that's the most <laughs> yep. trial by error thing ever in human history. Yeah. yeah. Can, we, can we eat this? Mm-hmm. Nope. <laughs> yeah. 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 And the barbarian, whoever. Yeah. I've always said, though, imagine you're like, it's like ancient humans, it's like your, your tribe or whatever. And it's just a dude who happens to be allergic to that thing, but he mm-hmm. tests it, eats it, dies. Yeah. Just right. Like, dies. But it's totally edible. We don't eat that, but it's been, it's like something right. we don't eat at all still Oranges. to this day, but you could yeah. have had it like, <laughs> yep, the whole time. Oh, it's like yeah, super exactly. food we've been missing out. <laughs> Who knows, dude? There's awesome. stranger things out there. Yep. Yep. That's it. Yeah. Uh, good stuff. That was, that was a, that was an excellent conversation on that. Excellent points. <laughs> There's a lot of things that I hope with uh, personal behavior, personal responsibility, I hope that hope that changes. Yeah. Um, I, I, I don't know. It's, it's that, tough with healthcare, with people's, uh, people's diets, what they eat, how they take care of themselves. I see it. I see both. I see people that, that are kind of on, maybe on the extreme side, maybe that's what I am versus those that are just blah, you know, they're just amoebas sitting on the couch, eating mm-hmm. all the things, consuming all the things that were in that, that, uh, that graphic that Zach put up. Yeah. It, yep. You know, I feel like crap. Free choice, free will. Room, and I'm always can't sleep. And but it's like, come on. If you take a look at your Instagram page, when you take a look at your Instagram page, Jody, it seems to be a mission of yours. I feel like on the outside looking in to sort of push this message we're talking about because there's a lot on there about taking responsibility and ownership for yourself. And there's a lot about fitness and nutrition. And I see you routinely put pictures up at the gym. And, and there's some older ones where you're with some some younger people at yeah. the gym. Smoking and, them. you know, is that kind of one of the goals of you being on social media and kind of how you post is is to inspire essentially or or show a blueprint on what to do to be healthy? Yeah, the, the, that's, that's part of it. I, mm-hmm. I originally started at least that page because I've got another one that's just, and I haven't done much with it um, on the photography side. That's mm-hmm. uh, images kind of unrelated to that, um, just kind of the standalone. But on, on my page, it's under my name. Mm-hmm. Uh, it really started out as, as a, uh, uh, a really gritty gym photography type of thing. Mm-hmm. Also, with emphasis on military issues. I mean, there were things that I was, you know, that I would post that were military inspirational, supportive. Um, You know, I'm always recognizing um, Chappie every year, you know, on Mm -hmm. Chapman's death anniversary, um, Mm -hmm. mustache march, you know, things like that. I mean, there's all kinds of things. I just always kind of, have always kind of posted related to that military wise on the gym end of things. I was part of a, a great gym in, uh, uh, on the coast in Grover Beach, California, Jim, uh, mm-hmm. by the name of uh, Central Coast Barbell, um, and it was one of those gritty dungeon gyms that just mm-hmm. was the perfect backdrop for um, the type of photography that I wanted to kind of shape and yeah. and get images of. But the other thing on that was I liked getting close to the guys. I liked mm-hmm. getting to know them, especially the young kids, because I could. 
offer advice. I could do, you know, not, not just life advice, but, you know, strength training advice or whatever for what it was worth. I mean, some guys will look at the old guy and they're like, what the hell does he know? Um, but the camera allowed gotcha. that introduction to take place. Mm. And then uh, as that kind of, as I moved, obviously I moved here and that, that kind of ended. Mm. Um, it really has kind of taken on that focus where I, especially on the reels or the, the Instagram story side, I'm, I'm reposting things like crazy. In fact, I just did one a little while ago that had to do with uh, uh, the chemicals that are put in shampoos and toothpastes and all these other things oh, really? uh, that are basically just poisoning us. And mm. for, for me, for the last several years, I use coconut oil and baking powder. That's all I use. I had the cleanest bill of health I ever, I've ever received at the dentist. I've had three cavities in my life. I'm 59 years old. And those cavities occurred when I was 12 years old. So obviously I've done something right now. To my point earlier, I've got excellent genetics, even though my dad died with no teeth at all, complete mm -hmm. set of false teeth. So it wasn't from his side of the family. I've got a good biological makeup in the bacteria of my mouth that aids in just fighting off tooth decay of whatever. Mm -hmm. But I'm a prolific brusher. I do everything right. Um, but the concentration on healthy habits means really getting the message out that People, you really got to stop using all this mass-produced crap that these companies like Procter and & Gamble and Dial and Lever and all these other companies, all this stuff. that they, I've got friends that have been banned, that have been shadow banned on yeah. Instagram because of the stuff that they're throwing out there. I've got a, one guy that, you, that, Brandon, I think you you kind of are aware of. Uh, uh, Angelo is his name. And he does mm -hmm. a lot. He'll go into grocery stores and just do complete exposés, holding up ingredients and saying, look at all this. And he'll name off all of these ingredients on the back of a package. And he'll basically tell you exactly what all those things will do to you over a period of time if you keep consuming this stuff. Yeah. And um, I always try, I, I look at kind of what I do as, um, just like you guys do, it's kind of, you're passing on the message to whoever. It's, it's this neat spreading effect that social media has where one person mm -hmm. may not have seen it, but all of a sudden you send it and hey, great. And then they repost it and it goes on to somebody else. And I love mm -hmm. The spreading of the message for that kind of thing because incrementally you know things will change if you keep just you know we're seeing good change in so many different areas right now even though there's a onslaught of of uh, like you and i were texting the other day we got 360 degrees of attack going all the way around us with all mm -hmm. these different issues um and you know our, our health is kind of at the low end of that when you're when you're talking about all the issues that uh are, we're facing right. in the world um but well you know, we've got to function metabolically clean in order to function on a on a daily level in the work that we do in our chosen careers and our chosen mm -hmm. paths. And um, the cleaner you can live your life and the more natural you can live your life the way we used to 100 years ago, better off you're going to be. And that's what I I try to post in addition to, you know, the, the solid patriotic stuff that I that mm -hmm. uh, I try to post. It's kind of hit or miss with me because uh, on a scheduling basis, just because I'm so busy with some of these other things that um, I don't post as much as I should. And I need yeah. to be more disciplined on that because I got, I've got so much material and so much material that I can come across every day and repost. Dude, that it's, it's just a matter of, and I know uh, Trent's, uh, Trent Sigmiller has often talked about this. It's a 
big job just to keep up with all the social is, media man. stuff. I, I do. I, I, I post, I used to post across four different platforms yeah. and even now I've, I've gotten rid of one of those platforms, which is, which is TikTok. I don't use that anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it is, it, it takes me, it takes hours out of my day to do this. And yep. I stick with it all the time because it, it's beneficial. And like you said, you're building those networks. I've met so many cool people and there's always somebody new coming up. I get introduced yeah. to. Yeah. But I, I, yeah. I want to say something like you were talking about just a second ago about that 360 attack, right? Today, I noticed, and a lot of people did, there are certain creators from a certain um, demographic, I should say, that have gotten attacked, I guess you could call, but they're being silenced that, um, you know, meta is going after some of these like right, right wing leaning, um, Mm -hmm. you know, American, like pro American, pro military pages. And just by nature of the podcast and the people that I kind of keep around, you know, to see what's going on. I see a lot of them have gotten dinged today. Some of them had accounts shut down. And there's one that you may not know. You may you know, Jody, you, you might find her page interesting. You might not, but her name, she's super popular. Her name is Twitchy Witch. Um, and there's a lot of stuff she says that I don't really agree with, but mm-hmm. I really enjoy her commentary on like religion. But mm-hmm. even she got shut down today, which I thought was really, really weird because she doesn't say anything about this like pro-America, pro-military. It's all like very ph- philosophical stuff. Yeah. And it was yeah. almost like Meta, Meta decided to draw blood today, go on the war path because so many different accounts, even shout out, you know, uh, our guest who's been on a couple of times, Aaron Love got Aaron. deemed. Yeah. Aaron got Yeah. I saw that well. on his post. Yep. Right. And, you know, and it's, it's kind of surprising to me because I feel like Aaron is on kind of a crash course to get banned because he's on there always talking about the difficult thing, always talking about things that, mm-hmm. you know, not a lot of people want to want to talk about and not even necessarily people right. want to talk about things that platforms like Instagram and Facebook don't want you talking about. Right. And um, it's honestly made me consider kind of maybe starting up on X because there seems to be a little bit more freedom of speech going yeah. on over there. But yep. It's crazy. It was one side of the aisle and I hate, I hate, um, you know, partisanship in general, to be Mm -hmm. honest, but it is, it's one side of the aisle and it's the right wing side, the pro military, the pro America, those people got, got shut down today. And it wasn't just one or two. It was so many, even one of them that, um, I can't remember the name of them, but all they do is sell clothing to big people too. Yeah. It does. I mean, obviously with Aaron. Yeah. Uh, and I don't know. I'm wondering if politics by Laura, if Laura got hit by that as well, because I know that's somebody that um, I don't know, has at least, I think, 100,000 followers of some even, kind. I don't, even I'm one of the clothing them. companies I saw today that they, all they do is take uniforms from special operations veterans who are like decorated mm-hmm. and they turn them into like patches and stuff like that. They got shut down today and they take wow. all their proceeds and donate them to charity. Like, yeah. what's the point? Yeah. Sorry, yeah. Zach, well, I, I had I had sent you that one yesterday on Denise Aguilar, who's mm-hmm. from Stockton. She's in Stockton, California, and mm-hmm. how they had uh, shut her account down completely because of whatever this flag picture was. And I just bounced on that in a hurry and started spreading what her new account was so that people mm-hmm. could still follow her. Yeah. And uh, then this thing just seemed to snowball today. And then just shortly before we came on, I'm look, I saw Aaron's post and mm-hmm. I'm seeing all this other stuff. What the hell's going on? Yeah. Right. Dropping the hammer. Well, I was yeah. I was listening to uh, the Sean Ryan show and they had John Lovell on there, which I'm mm-hmm. a real big fan of both of those people. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. And John, they're both talking about how uh, John Lovell specifically said that 
he can go to his analytics of his social media pages and he can see the day that the algorithm went against him. So Isn't he that was, something? He like really? was, we were trending, we were going up and up and up, and then the day the algorithm switched, I dropped. Like no one saw yeah. me. I had like pushed yeah. stuff. And in there he's talked so his wife, right, is um got notifications on for his stuff for like YouTube. Um subscribes to him all this type of stuff and it doesn't even show up to her like that's wow. his wife and she's yeah. not getting like notification stuff yeah i subscribe to him and i still have to go to like my subscriptions and then go to like uh his page to just to find his posts to see yeah, something to see what he's new. posted it won't come up in my it won't come up in my here's mm-hmm. what we think you should watch next it won't other pages will dr disrespect yeah. will show up a million times and, yeah. But like I can't, I can't get uh, John Lovell to show up naturally in my feed. Dude, you yeah. know, you and know that's what I think why, this is. Well, I was, I was, just real quick, I was going to. Yeah, that's yeah. Why like yeah. John Lovell and Sean Ryan, they're real big heavy into creating their own stuff. So like John mm-hmm. Lovell has said that he wants to in the next five years to be completely off of like Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube, and he now mm-hmm. has his own thing. And I'm gonna gonna promote him here for free yeah but it's like the yeah, warrior good. poet society Please. app or like the warrior mm-hmm. and so yeah. you'll have his app on your phone that you will hear his podcast see his video see his content it'll cost you like maybe a dollar a month two dollars a month but mm-hmm. yeah better than that's what you're paying for youtube and stuff but that's where you're headed yeah you like in that podcast i was just listening to this week um uh, Sean Ryan was saying that he thinks that like YouTube will be dead in the next five years, or it won't be as like huge as it is for like new users. It'll just be a conglomerate of like media yeah. was ten years ago. The media yeah. is just going to take over YouTube. You're going to think you're watching some person that you like or that you follow, but it's not going to be them. It's going to be the media using them to push whatever it is they're doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it could go that way, I think, because that's kind of what's happened to Facebook is Facebook is totally mm. dead. And you go and talk it's to like the younger no generation now anymore. There's not. Yeah, you're right. Um, it's all you go and talk and... to the younger generation. They they 100% think Facebook is, is for old people. It's for they'll old tell, people. They'll, they'll yeah. tell you that. And it, and it really yeah. is. If you go on there, I don't go <laughs> that's on there. Yeah. Our stuff that's cross posts to Facebook. And I'm sorry, if you if you follow us on Facebook, please jump on onto Instagram because you're going to see a lot more. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, you're yeah. old. Um, but it's it's just it is. It's it's crazy. And but I, I think that that's good that he's trying to start something new and, and move towards something like that because that's that's effectively what's going to cause that change is when people start jumping ship uh, and, and doing their own thing. But the powers that be, right, are going to put up a fight with that. And I think that that's Definitely. kind of what that's kind of what you're seeing, right? Truth Social, I've never been on Truth Social, right? I, I never even tried because I just know, like personally to me, that's just going to be a massive echo chamber. I don't need it. I didn't have any interest in being on it. Mm-hmm. But I saw that um, the other day that they're shutting down. They're talking about shutting down. Um, and it, it's just one of those things where there's going to be a fight. These big groups like Meta, right? YouTube is owned by Google. 
Mm-hmm. They're going to put up a fight and they have, yeah. they've, they've censored people who are, are political. Right. I mean, we all, you can, you can disagree with or agree with or whatever, but like Tulsi Gabbard um, was somebody who got really shut down by Google during the presidential debates yep. last time. I remember they, yeah. they made it hard for her to communicate to people. They took down the stuff that she was posting. They gave her no mm-hmm. explanation as to why her stuff was gone. Um, and, and so what's to stop them from doing it to everybody else? And they are the little guys. We're not going to matter at all. So, uh, you know, there's going to be a fight and I hope that they're successful in, in what they're doing. And thankfully things like rumble have kind of taken off. That's where yeah. Russell brand, Russell brand is there in rumble right. now. And he's, he's kind of just become the, like the wizard over there for sure on that platform. Mm-hmm. But, um, man, to me, the fact that we're, we're approaching this next presidential election cycle I think that's what this is. I think that what they're doing is going onto these platforms and they're killing all these different sites that they've kind of essentially let thrive over this this period of time and they're getting rid of it so you can't see it. As the the closer we get to those yep. these, this We're presidential at the one year mark right now, we are. That's, right. that's exactly it. We're at the one yeah. year mark, and I think that's what's going on. I think that they're kind of they're creating that echo chamber. They're narrowing down what you can see, and they all want it to be one side. Mm-hmm. And you know, you can sit. We can have a conversation all day about how bad the right is and how bad the left is because there's there's crap on both sides. But the media is truly run by the left. And it's oh, yeah. so ob- obvious. And Definitely. when I, I and there's people that will try and tell you that's not true. They're full of shit. And I'm just going to mm-hmm. say it right now. Yeah, it's 100% the truth. When today is this just a prime example? It's it's Instagram, so it's a microcosm of what we're talking about. But at the end of the day, it's not you know one. It's not the other half. So you know you can't tell me that this isn't a concerted effort to take out conservative thought processes. It just isn't, mm-hmm. you know, look at our previous episodes, and, we have episodes oh, yeah. that don't, that won't cross certain lines that the algorithm doesn't like, and mm-hmm. they will do well. We'll get 10,000 yeah. to 15,000 views. You want to listen to freaking cattle mutilations or, yeah. yeah. And then yeah. You, you put in something yeah. in there about Israel and that thing's mm-hmm. going to get like 500 yeah. views, maybe. Yeah. Like yeah. this, this, not this, yet, yeah, not even. This thing here is a great conversation. And the people listening to it, thank you. For the people watching us, thank you. You have to share it, right. like it, promote it. Because yeah. the algorithm That's is right. fighting against you and it's fighting against us. But I yeah. know yeah. you said COVID, right, Joe? It I happened. Mm-hmm. Yep. It's going to yep. know. We're now talking yep. about algorithm. We're talking about it's politics. Yep. Talking about politics. Mm-hmm. Talked about health. Mm-hmm. Talked about pharmaceutical so, yeah. yeah. company. Yeah. Yeah. All these We're things checking all the boxes. Yeah, we're checking all the That's boxes. That's right. Yeah, checking gonna, all the boxes. That's we're going to submit this for ad revenue. It's going to come back and say, no, with no reason. Sorry. We'll submit it again, and then they'll mm-hmm. go, nope, You're ugly. and then can't submit it the third time. So mm-hmm. That's it. <laughs> I, I, You know, in talking about this, and I'm not a tech guy, so obviously this may be meaningless, but I go back to the early 1980s and under Reagan, he, uh, he deregulated. <laughs> A lot yeah. of things, one of which was the phone companies. Mm-hmm. When he deregulated that and broke up, well, not he directly, but, you know, as much as presidents are involved in that because of the monopolies that were in place at the time. And those monopolies, especially with the phone company, they were deemed necessary for national security purposes. Mm-hmm. And that went back, I think, before World War II, possibly. But 
at any rate, AT&T and then through the, the Bell system, they had this control on everything. When that was deregulated and they were broken up and all of a sudden you had every Tom, Dick and Harry coming out of the woodwork offering long distance plans. And again, mm-hmm. this is the mid 1980s. So this is, you know, before you guys uh, to a certain degree. Well, Brandon, you were born in 82, I think, right? No, 87. 87. Okay. Mm-hmm. Was so it was around that time when you were born. <laughs> 92 for you, Zach. Um, it, it was like, oh my God, we can pick our own long distance plan? What? And it didn't matter that the local Bell system was the company that had all the wires and everything built in. Mm-hmm. If you chose a long distance plan of XYZ mm-hmm. to be your long distance carrier on your phone, that's who you could use. And I've always kind of envisioned social media to Zach's point, kind of being the same thing. Again, mm-hmm. I'm not a tech guy, so I, I'm not speaking with any authority here. But that same thing where you just choose what you want to be, what you want to be a part of uh, to the degree that it censors or doesn't censor or do whatever, or you create your own. And everybody can kind of talk to each other in this interconnected way without worry of recourse. Mm-hmm. And God, that would be great. You know, because we're COVID revealed so many things, so many faults in our system and our belief system. It 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 basically separated us, those that are willing to give up and those that are willing to fight. Mm-hmm. And I think the interesting thing to make a correlation to that and what's happening right now with Israel is now we're suddenly finding out that those same people are the ones that are supporting Palestine and Hamas and, oh, yeah. and the rest of it. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden those, and I can say this with a, maybe with a air of confidence or with a certain uh, braggadocious attitude, I'm not Jewish, but I grew up in a Jewish neighborhood in Phoenix. Uh, my next door neighbor was a Holocaust survivor. So I'm very, very sensitive to what's going on in Israel right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I see this situation where a lot of Jewish people who are Democrats are starting to step away from that going, oh, wait a minute. The guy that was my best friend is supporting Palestine. What? Mm-hmm. It's, this is a big thing. It's a big reveal. The same as, yeah. Yeah. It's a big reveal. I know we just kind of jumped there, but it's a big no. reveal like COVID was. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's going on right now in Israel is is revealing that. And I can't thank you enough. I don't know. Uh, Brandon, how I never got turned on to Barry Weiss and the free press. But once you pointed me in that direction, because I knew who she was from from her her years at the New York Times. Mm -hmm. But my God, is she just hitting the mark? Obviously, you know, she's Jewish, but uh, the things that she's coming out with is just amazing. It is. What's even crazier about Barry Weiss is that she checks all of these boxes that the left side of the aisle would normally just support without question. She's a woman. She's she's Jewish and she's a lesbian. Right. So she's Mm -hmm. she's ethnic. She's she's LGBT and she's a Mm -hmm. woman. Right. And Mm -hmm. yet she is now being ostracized for her opinion. So she kind of did exactly what you were just talking about, Zach. Mm-hmm. She created her own thing, the free press, yeah. because she used to write for was it was the New York Times. I, I'm the New York sure. Times. And yeah. she when they started censoring a lot of what she was talking about and other people were talking about, she created the free press and she goes mm-hmm. to colleges now and she gives speeches and she talks about, you know, the importance of free speech and she talks about the importance of, of free thought specifically and that these universities are meant to be 
the arena where ideas are battled and not echoed to be to be echo chambers, right. which is exactly what they are today. So I really like that you brought her up because I do. I think that she and I don't agree with everything she says, and I don't agree with a lot of you know some of the things that the guest that's she brings fine. on sure. her podcast have to say. Exactly, yeah. and that's my point. Yeah, and that's okay because if if it's the truth and if it's a good idea, right, or if it's a lie. Then you let a you let people figure it out and you let people decide what they want to hear and what they don't want to hear. And if it's a lie, then you let it be killed by the truth. You don't right. create narratives. You don't do things that engender distrust and the the overall the over you know the the all fathers around here telling us what we can we can and we can't do. Mm-hmm. That's why there's so many issues. People don't trust anything anymore. And yeah. it's, it's people like her, people like, uh, you know, John Lowe, like you said, Zach, they're trying to do their own thing, you know, uh, more power to them. I hope it's successful. And it, unfortunately, I, I, I think that what we were just talking about today with like meta and these creators is probably just the beginning. Yeah. 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 Free, free speech can't be killed. We're going to get the word out one way or another, even mm-hmm. if we have to bypass these control mechanisms that are in place uh, electronically. Mm-hmm. It's, it's the one thing I've always said. Smoke signals. Freedom. You can't kill freedom. Mm. Man. Yeah. I'm man, in other words, man and woman. Human beings have this innate desire to be free, mm-hmm. to say what we want, to go do what we want. Obviously, in an organized society, yeah. uh, within reason, we obviously have laws in place to design, to curtail certain behaviors. But mm. this is who we are. and And this is... The brilliance of the United States of America and the Constitution, the rights, the inalienable God-given rights, whatever God you want to believe in, mm-hmm. you have the right to these things. Mm-hmm. And the way speech was attacked, was restricted under COVID, the way people were shut down, and that extended into the presidential election, uh, you know, the whole Hunter Biden laptop thing, mm-hmm. uh, it just bam, 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 and to what's now occurring to your point one year out of the election and here we are the stuff is starting again i really hope to see elon musk take take whatever role he can and and uh not necessarily through x but through his just his platform to really start pushing the because he's obviously to a lot of us He's kind of seen as a as a savior per se in the technology world of yeah, exactly. the person that's going to tell the truth. Look at that. That's this a, is, yes, that's yeah, a great graphic. Exactly. Like you have you have people who are just going to spin a narrative, or whatever, and like you said, echo chambers. People. So we're showing a diagram for people who are just listening, and it's showing like a, a, an object in the middle and lights being shined from three different directions, but the shadow mm-hmm. is a different object, and so those are all true. But then the truth is yeah. the actual object, right? So that's brilliant. What this is getting at is that you'll get people get echo chambers. So you have the person who only sees circle information mm-hmm. and he's just they're hell bent on that's it, there's nothing else, stop looking, blah, blah, blah. And then you get the square guy and the triangle guy, and they just fight mm-hmm. each other over and over again. But if they just looked at each other's chambers, their echo each other's echo chambers, or maybe just took a step back and thought about it. They would actually find the truth, and that is what's happening mm-hmm. today. Is the truth isn't as easy as what that's is great. True. So, well, even to take your graphic a step further, if you have three people right looking at the square, the circle, and the triangle, it requires communication. It requires it civil communication in order to yeah. understand. You're looking at this polygon or whatever the hell that is. Yep. You know what it I mean? It requires debate. Yeah. It requires mm-hmm. conversation, 
and it requires perspective. You have to have right. yeah. and humility too. You have to understand it, it's possible. Absolutely. It's possible for the circle guy to go, yeah, you know what? The square is also true. Mm-hmm. I'm not all end all be all. That's, That's something that we've talked about a few times on this podcast, Zach. Like what you said is two things, mm-hmm. three things, whatever can be true at the same time. Mm-hmm. And you got to get out of that one track mindset and understand that, again, two things can be true at the same time. And what does that mean when they're both true and, and mm-hmm. get to that place instead of focusing on fighting the person that is saying, no, it's a square, no, it's a circle, whatever. You know, and yeah. I, I do. I've seen this graphic before. I, I didn't even think about pulling it up. So I, I'm glad you did. It, it's a terrific yeah, way it to says look a at lot. it. Mm-hmm. It That's is why- just brilliant. That's why I've been kind of like the last couple episodes, I've said a couple times, and whenever you're trying to decide something or come to a conclusion, I think you should sit down mm-hmm. and think, does this does this make me feel good or does this actually do good? And I think if you're, the, if you're any of those specific shapes, you're thinking, well, this made me feel good because this is relating with me. And when you find yeah. the actual truth is when you realize what actually does good. So I think you should, yeah. every decision, you should think that through. Yeah. Definitely. I, I learned about three-dimensional thinking, believe it or not, from Star Trek. Uh, the original Star That's Trek great, was something, that is something Mr. Spock used to talk about. <laughs> yeah, two-dimensional think, thinking versus three-dimensional thinking. The interesting thing was, is back in the 60s, they actually invented a, a uh, for Star Trek, it was just featured, I think, on one episode. Hmm. Um, it was a three-level chessboard. That represented seen the three dimensional thinking, mm-hmm. and that's what that reminds me of. And it's 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 the analogy that you set aside your cognitive biases and mm-hmm. you start to examine everything from every angle. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's that that graphic is telling. That's brilliant. brilliant before stuff. we before we get too far off the topic of like social media and free speech, this yeah. is a debate I've had with somebody before, and I'm I'm interested to get both of your perspectives. So the conversation is that things like Meta, so Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, right? They're all privately owned organizations and, and apps, platforms on the internet, right? And so the, de- the the debate goes that since they're privately owned, then they have the right to say what goes on that platform. Kind of like the whole cake gay marriage debate thing that we're all very familiar with where, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. That they have the right to not bake a cake for anybody they don't want to bake a cake for, no matter what their reason is, because mm. nobody's labor is is your right, right? But the conversation is, you know, this is a this is Meta, Facebook, and Instagram. These are privately owned, you know, apps and platforms that you can post on within their guidelines, right? Yeah. And and the the debate goes into this gray area for me because it is true, it is privately owned. And therefore, certain laws about free speech don't necessarily apply, and it's not an infringement on your right. But I think that line of thinking is ignoring the way the internet has has changed and the way we communicate on it. And mm-hmm. and I get it; it can be a very dangerous place because misinformation can cause a lot of chaos, and that's very evident in a lot of different things. Right? There's, yeah. there's very, very, very many examples throughout history of this. Yeah. But there needs to be a conversation, I think, about you know free speech and the internet, even though all of it is essentially privately owned, right? Mm-hmm. Because I think we've reached a point where 
they can't be trusted to essentially police what's on there. Okay. But at the same time, how do you reconcile the dichotomy that exists between private ownership and, and, and rights? Does that make sense? That's I'm interested to hear you guys' perspectives. I, I'm, I, I gotta tell you, I'm, I'm, I don't want to say baffled by it. It's, it's a, it's a crazy juxtaposition because as much as I would love to say they can't do that, mm-hmm. I have to hold to the standard, as you just brilliantly put, the the uh, baker who mm-hmm. has the right to choose who he wants to work with. Mm-hmm. Um, but there is – maybe I go back to the, the issue of, of, uh, of communications and the telephone companies and what that was to all of us back then and the generations before me uh, and the equivalency now in, in, in what the internet is in social mm-hmm. media and our way of communicating and that there has to be a middle ground somewhere mm-hmm. where there is not this degree of control. And that saying that sets aside what the congressional inquiries have already come up with. And that is all this collusion between the FBI and, and meta and these other things that came about with the, the Twitter files, speech, the Twitter files and all mm-hmm. these other things. That's so let's set that aside that mm-hmm. that stuff that's got to be attacked as a separate issue. And that mm-hmm. can't happen again. But of mm-hmm. course, there's a lot of things going on right now that shouldn't be happening with the government. Um, there's there's got to be something. And, and I just I keep going back to deregulation in some way to say, you want to go over here and do that because you like what they stand for, what they're not going to censor you, or like we were saying before, Zach, uh, come up with your own program that integrates into this one big national database of, of social media. I, I, I don't know, but um, it's, it's really tough. I mean, you start mm-hmm. coming down to the screaming fire in a theater type of mentality. Right. And, um, uh, uh, or type of scenario, and you got to say, all right, what's acceptable and, and what's not. And mm-hmm. I don't know that we're there yet. And I don't know if it can be adequately put into the hands of politicians to yeah. to figure it out. I would say this before. I know Zach, you definitely have something to say. Like, and I want to hear your thoughts. But I was yes. going to say that there's no such thing as a solution to this, in my opinion. There's just trade-offs. Does that make sense? Yeah. That we're going to have to be okay with certain things to get to an outcome that is as ideal as possible. Right. But anyway, Mm -hmm. Zach, go ahead. Sorry, man. Yep. So I'm pretty much a constitutionalist. That's where I fall like politically. And so I'm all about you're a private entity. You can do whatever the hell you want with it. Like as long as it doesn't Mm -hmm. infringe on anyone else's rights, you can do whatever the hell you want with it. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, And their individual liberties and stuff. So it's like my thing with, social medias is news agencies, Fox, CNN, MSNBC. Mm-hmm. Um, they're also all private as well. There's really nothing True. that's stopping them from just, and, and they do this. You'll have two stories from they do it. like CNN or Fox. They are worded similarly, but they will lean completely different ways. And based mm-hmm. on who's reading it and how they feel at that time, mm-hmm. they'll take it completely out of context or they'll whatever. Right. So they yeah. do the same thing. I, th- th- like you're saying, there's no like end all be all or like a like a solution. But these social media and the internet is echo chambers, 
mm-hmm. you probably could pass a bill. It won't get passed, but you could pass a bill that says yeah. that, hey, your algorithm that is great at just keeping them in the loop, mm-hmm. you have to give them the opposite of their loop 20% of the time. Like, it's mm. mandated in the algorithm that they have, like, it doesn't need to be 50%, it doesn't need to be 100%. It has to be mandated or whatever that they have to get the other perspective, like, one-fifth of the time. Now, do they scroll mm-hmm. past it? Probably. Do they um, argue they about it? To it? They might, right? But it, it'll just put in the terms and conditions. You want to use Facebook? Then you have to understand that 20% of your feed is going to be the complete opposite of what your normal echo chamber is. And mm-hmm. that might like yeah. remedy it, but it's never going to happen. It's not like an actual solution because then you're going to get I think the it's people a good who are like, step. it's a good first step. No, it's, but it's gonna- a good point. And, and you know, decades ago, there used to be, there used to exist what was called the, uh, um, the equal, I think it was called the equal access clause with the FCC where, mm-hmm. Uh, another thing that Reagan deregulated and got rid of, uh, and that's where you had the explosion of talk radio. That mm. all, and most of what we see now, which is single, what I always refer to as single-sided journalism, before that, it had to be balanced. You had mm. to have both sides of an opinion. I, I believe that the equal clause uh, on a radio station, it had to, you had basically had to divvy up in what you talked about. Uh, mm. you, had to see, you had to have both sides, both points of view. Which they, you guys maybe remember the old point counterpoint thing that oftentimes oh, yeah. was joked about on Saturday Night Live and some of these. Mm-hmm. You no, know, it was a real thing. They used to yeah. they used to have that. PBS used to run a lot of shows like that where you yeah, get, yeah you had the, both sides of of the NPR. opinion on the subject. Mm-hmm. The, the thing yeah. that's interesting with that though is if if social media and the internet does become like it's the First Amendment. Uh, it's protected like wholeheartedly. You know, the the Facebook can't divvy up who can or can't say anything, all type of stuff. And if it goes mm-hmm. that way, well, then that proves that the Constitution is a true timeless document. And if the First Amendment can transcend generations and hundreds of years and new tech, then so can the Second Amendment. And that's yeah. where I think people like Musk gets to 50 cows. Yeah. Politicians aren't gonna you know what I mean? Like there's you mm-hmm. start yeah, yeah, yeah. box, then there's things that they don't want happening that will mm-hmm. go up. If the first mm-hmm. amendment protects your internet cell phone and your Facebook and your Twitter feed, then the second amendment also applies to my two forty nine. That's right. Well, yeah, my, it's it's. I can go buy an parchment. I can go buy an F eighteen. Yeah, yeah. The money. I can get it. Exactly. Own the first ever civilian owned F eighteen pilot school. Oh man. A ten. Yep. I'm going A ten all the way. Oh, A ten. Yeah. Okay. There you go. Warthog War time. Mm-hmm. That's it. Gotta hear no, the brat. It's, it's it's just a it's a crazy dichotomy to me because I'm like you, Zach. Where it is private ownership, and you talk about having some sort of government regulation on twenty percent of your feed, right? Now you're getting into government reaching into private private business, yeah, it's, and and it's again, this so... dichotomy exists where there's no solution. There's yeah. only trade offs. Trade off. You have to be okay yeah. with a certain level of government involvement for there to be any sort of control, right? For there to be any sort of you know I'm solution. I'm okay with solution a little bit, right? Mm-hmm. I like 
in my mind, the whole purpose of the federal government is to ensure my like that uh, people are invading my land mm-hmm. and that I have the bare necessities to like safety, security, uh, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. That's it. Mm-hmm. As long yeah, as yeah. life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness are not infringed in any way, then the federal government's doing good. When they overdo that or under deliver, mm-hmm. is what I'm like. And they are. What are you, what are you doing yeah. there? Yeah. And that, exactly. So. Yeah, well, I, I kind of like what is going on on X because um, Elon is trying a couple different things. I've seen it like where something since he's taken over has been a thing and then now it's not because people liked it or didn't like it. And one of those things is we have all we've all seen the, you know, the, the media police get on there and be like, oh, fact checker says this isn't true. Right. It's only partially Independent. true. Fact checker. Independent fact, independent yeah. fact checkers, independent. right? Your, your, uh-huh. blue, your blue-haired couch potato liberal arts degree says that this is not true. But, um, before, but, before, before you go real quick, please mm-hmm. I hate those things because they'll be like, it's like eight, it's like, that's false and here's why. And then like the explanation will be yeah, like, read it. Yeah, you read it, and it's the same freaking thing, but it's like one word it's different. Just, it's it's all like, BS. Yeah, words yeah. telling me. Yeah. Like, yeah, it's exactly. The same freaking whatever. Yeah. Play. Well, one thing that X is <laughs> X is doing right is I'll get a notification, and it'll say like this post that you like has now been updated with a like somebody's provided context or something like that is what it says. Hmm. And it'll ask you to go and review the essentially the note that somebody put on the post, right? Mm-hmm. Like it'll say like somebody will write like something I will have liked. And it'll say, this is actually satire or whatever. And then it'll ask you to either say this actually was helpful or it wasn't. And it gives you several different categories to where you can say like, why was this helpful? Well, it provided meaningful context or provided historical reference, or it, you know, it provided actual reference for, for you to research. Mm -hmm. You can go on there and say, this is actually not true. But if you go on like Instagram or something like that, and you go and you look at something that's been independently fact-checked, there's no option for you to go and say, hey, this is actually BS, or this oh, is yeah. why this was helpful, or this is why this wasn't helpful. And I like that he has added that piece because it, it does kind of give a little bit more of a communal say in what's Definitely. there than it does than the other There platform. have been times yeah. where I've like, it'll be like a Facebook video, like a reel or whatever. And then mm-hmm. there'll be a pop-up that says that this is false. And the video will literally be like a cat running through like mm-hmm. a field. And the false thing will say like Hunter Biden did not have a laptop. At it. And I'm like, what? Like yeah. those don't even relate. <laughs> like, yeah. Or you'll get the, yeah. this is yeah. a sensitive video. Do you want to watch it? Yes. Are you sure? Mm-hmm. Yes. And then it's like a baby giraffe, like, Falking through a field, you're like, yeah. Okay, what's wrong with yeah. your algorithm? Like, what is going yeah. on? Yeah, here? exactly. Ugh, so yep. frustrating. But good yeah, stuff. It's it's those little efforts, like there, right? Like, um, adding that option to go in and rate essentially the the independent fact check or context provided, mm-hmm. and it actually takes into consideration what people. It is it is good. Because it, mm-hmm. it, it sort of makes it a little bit more of a democratic process. Um, and it doesn't necessarily – now, like, I've gotten notification, like, on, on X before that something that, like, I'll have commented on was re- was was removed. And it'll give you the, the reason why. 
and like the things that I've seen that have been removed, like deserve to be removed because it's like somebody, you know, it, it is actual like promoting like genocide yeah. or whatever, you know? Yeah. That has no place anywhere. Right. Right. But I do like that. And, it, and that's what it's going to take is it's going to take more of an involvement in, in a hand from these private organizations like Meta um, to, to do and regulate their own crap. And to me, it just it just says that the same thing that was happening at over at X can't happen anymore. So now it's happening here. OK, because mm-hmm. because Twitter used to be really that spot where all of these more intellectual political conversations happened and not Instagram. And people have sort of moved away from that since since Elon has taken over. So now to mm-hmm. me, this is the new flavor of the week. We're going to go in here and we're going to we're going to clean house and get rid of get rid of some of these things. And there is a lot less recourse on platforms like Instagram or, or TikTok, for example, right? If you lose your shit on TikTok, nobody's writing you back to tell you why. Or you're going to get an automated yeah. email five seconds after you click review that says, oops, sorry, fuck off. So, yeah. Yeah. They're not yep. making money off you anymore, and they're going to make money off the new account anyway. So, they don't care if your account mm-hmm. goes back to you or not. I, I hope that, uh, will be in the position so that this this constant Marxist ideology thinking that is pervasive in so many of these areas that we're talking about, to the degree that this can be put down, to the degree that it can be, um, that people's hearts and minds can be changed so that th- some of these changes that we're talking about can take place. Mm-hmm. I just I see more control, attempted control coming, um, mm-hmm. which is the importance of this election that's that's coming up. It's uh, a scary one for me. Yeah, well, I I think for most people are, and and you know I I going back decades for these things. I remember thinking the same thing as a kid in mm-hmm. 1980 when things were so bad and Reagan was running against uh, Carter. Carter, and I think I was uh, I 15 maybe at the time. But I remember thinking the same thing, that the stakes are so high, and the stakes were high because Soviet aggression was so big. Well, mm-hmm. just to extend that and say Marxist aggression. Mm-hmm. And um, obviously, Reagan won, and everything that came out of that uh, for the better, as far as the United States is concerned. But what didn't die was this underlying uh, Marxist ideology that had been pushed essentially since the 1950s and before mm-hmm. um that took root this is one of the reasons why christopher messina and how he talks about it those that didn't mm. i just thought his analogy was so brilliant those that chose and got the deferments went to school and then kept going to school and i love mm-hmm. what That's he describes true. as the professorial class i mm-hmm. just think that is so brilliant because the marxist ideology stayed with those people and at that age in the late 70s early 80s when i was in my teen years i just recognize these burned in images of my in my brain of of vietnam seeing these images on tv in the late 60s and and the early 70s and all the death and depravity that was being reported by dan rather and all these young journalists at the time Mm -hmm. that stuff had a traumatic or or not a traumatic but it had a dramatic effect on on my thinking and getting to that point where you you know that these people that are 
as he talks about the professorial class, they went through the 60s and got their advanced degrees in the 70s. And then into the 90s and the 2000s, they come raring, roaring into place in all these positions of power in education, in media, in the courts, in government. All these areas are all these underlying Marxist believers, these baby boomer radicals uh-huh. that he so eloquently described. And I always knew that we were kind of headed this direction just instinctually from a uh, from a, an organic and genetic standpoint, hmm. a, a geneal not genealogical, but just a generational shift that was going to take place with baby boomers because their numbers were so high mm-hmm. and because of the political belief, those underlying political belief systems that were in place, I always personally knew that this was bound to happen. What I did not anticipate is what Uh, most people obviously wouldn't, was the degree to which technology has influenced how this young generation is thinking. Where we thought, you know, your generation, the millennial generation was, okay, they've been affected by this. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's it's nowhere near what is happening with Gen Z and whatever this next generation is. They're on another planet. Y or whatever they're calling it. I don't even know. This... This electronic influence and this educational influence of brainwashing, and admittedly so, parents have been asleep at the wheel. Mm-hmm. We, Brandon, you know I've talked about this. People were not involved in their school districts like they should have been. They were sending their kids off to these schools, and they'd come home at, at, for winter break and, and summer break, and mm-hmm. all of a sudden, you know, your 22-year-old son, Johnny, is uh, now Trotsky a flaming Marxist. Yeah. yeah. Well, for, for exactly. the last for the last. 20 to 40-ish years, parents have not been raising their kids. They've been managing. They've been been overseeing. The people who've been raising their kids is the government through public school Mm -hmm. and then through media and then now like social media influencers. They're raising your kids. Exactly. You're just managing your child. You're not raising your kid. Yeah. And I can attest to that simply because my generation, which I'm considered a tail end baby boomer, first term uh, Gen Xer, I guess. I think 65 uh, is the last. Year I was for born baby in 64, boomers, and 65 is yeah. I was born mm-hmm. at the end of 64, so we were the true TV generation, mm-hmm. and that was the first form of as innocent as the monkeys were, and and mm-hmm. Lost in Space, and you know all these I Dream a Genie, and all these other shows that we grew up with kids and as kids in the 70s, as innocent as they were, um, there was still this influencing that, that was taking place with mm-hmm. color television. And and uh, then what started to take place after that with as prevalent as prevalent music starting becoming so prevalent in the 1970s with radio mm-hmm. and then compact discs and the expansion of technology and then the internet and then everything explodes yeah. around that. Zach, you're exactly right. Warp this speed. is where... Um, you know, we're, obviously parents are in this ride also. They're mm. sure they're working each day and the kids are going to school, but nobody is immune from this influence. Yep. We're all on our phones. We're all on our computers. All of these things are just a, a part of life now. Yeah. And it still does not mean that we have to uh, abdicate our our position as parents, our responsibilities as parents to do what we're supposed to do. And it was one of the things sacrificing and living in a small town of, of Lodi, which is 65,000 people. It's a very conservative town in nature. We chose to stay there because we wanted the best possible atmosphere for my son to grow up in. I didn't want to go to some of these other big city areas because that's where the jobs were. 
so I got behind in a lot of ways financially because I had to just do what I could do. But the school system was straight notch public school system, never a problem with it. And uh, my son is is a terrific kid, 25 years, 25 years old. He's just a wonderful professional in what he does. And uh, I'm grateful for the sacrifices that we made, but we paid attention mm-hmm. to what was going on and tried not to let those influences like Zach was describing to, to affect our ability there's, to parent. There's too many parents today um, and yeah. in most recent past who are too wrapped up in their current like livelihood and lifestyle and the status exactly. quo that they are not willing to sacrifice their current livelihood for the betterment of their next generation, their kids, mm-hmm. or for the betterment of the future yeah. of the United States. People, just Americans in general, are not realizing that, yeah, you have it great now, but your grandkids are not. And mm-hmm. because you're not going to sit here and kind of take a little bit um, more of a hard path, you're just going to continue on the easy route. Then it, every, the longer that this generation and the next continues on the easy path, the harder it's going to be for the ones after them. Yeah. And well, this this exactly this is two things. A couple of things come to mind here. Unpack what you just said. Is you have it so great right now mm-hmm. because of the actions of the people that came before you. Yep. Right. Mm-hmm. Things aren't going to stay this way. It requires work, and it, and it brings to mind the analogy of the frog in the boiling pot of water. Okay, you're not going to get out in time and it's going to be too freaking late and, and you're going to boil. And that's the point yeah. where we're, we're at right now. Yeah, People don't that's realize it. that's it's going hot. on. It is. Inflation mm-hmm. is high. Things exactly. are expensive. Can't and, find yeah. Exactly. And you're, we're all just, you're talk- we're all just kind of like, well, that's it today. I'll just figure yep. it out for now. And that's but it. It's, like, it's, no. compla- it's complacency. Get out of the pot. <laughs> it's complacency. And you touched on something else I was just about to say. It, it is. It is a failure to realize all of this stuff that you mentioned and talk about. But another problem is that cost of living now requires, in a lot of instances, both parents to work. And again, outsourcing, having childcare, which is again a problem. Not enough of that going around. Not enough. Not of. Not enough of it in general. Let alone good childcare. Okay, unless you're lucky yeah. enough to find a neighbor you trust. Okay. Yeah. You have to have both parents working. And this is something that is becoming the the theme now, where if you mm-hmm. want to have kids and you want to support the lifestyle, you want to afford your house, the groceries, all this other stuff, the prices are going up. Both of you have to work. And it's another reason why so many people in our generation, specifically Zach and, and the newer ones, aren't having kids. And that's a problem. That's right. It is a problem. That's true. In right. a lot of different what's, ways, it's a problem. Mm-hmm. What's, what's interesting that's about exactly that, right. though, is it's consumerism which is leading to the inability to kind of like take a step away from this. Right. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. That's, by, that's by design. They want you to keep getting the next upgraded thing. The next, the new thing, the new thing, the new thing. I think about right? that every time I go into Costco and somebody's got just a cart full yeah. of my God stuff. That's, <laughs> it's got to weigh 500 pounds. And People, pushing it down Costco the aisle. is almost like a pun for, for corporate and <laughs> capitalist America. It really is. Yeah. You go in there. It's like, yeah. you know what? Yes, I do need this 15 pound bag of almonds. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> you know, I'm starting my own almond butter business. Yeah, Psych- but, yeah. no, I'm not. But what I was getting yeah. at there is, yes, you talk about how it's expensive and stuff. But let's let's look at 
what makes it expensive? What mm-hmm. today people think, oh, I need to live in like a twenty four hundred square foot home with like mm-hmm. three bedrooms, two baths. I need five to have TVs. like five TVs. I need the newest yeah. iPhone. I need a twenty twenty five car. I need this land. mustache trimmer. Get mustache yeah. like all these crazy things. <laughs> but if you just decided to it's being uh, it's being known as like homesteading right now. If you mm-hmm, just decided, mm-hmm. I'm just gonna buy like an acre or two out in kind of the middle of nowhere. I'm gonna raise some chickens. I'm gonna mm-hmm. you know cultivate my own plants, my own produce for me and my family. You're not gonna need the dual income home. Mm-hmm. You're not gonna need the newest biggest right. iPhone or the fastest internet or really internet at all. If mm-hmm. you just removed a lot of this um, this ridiculousness of just need the next thing, the newest thing, the newest yeah. thing, the newest thing, and you just kind of took a step back. And, and honestly, what I think would be great for humanity is if we just technologically just like jumped back like 50 to 100 years and just started there, then I think yeah. a lot of this would just get fixed. If you don't, you wouldn't need the dual income or crazy jobless type of stuff if you just – had a decent, normal house with your family that you lived right. off the land, that you hunted. You talk about kids don't know how to hunt today. They don't know how mm-hmm. to fish. They have never shot a gun. You can build your own community away from all this bullshit, and I promise you, you will have less anxiety, less depression, healthier lives, healthier family, exactly. way better thinking. So, so everything that you just said – We've talked, we've kind of referenced it a little bit in this conversation about walking away from the status quo and yeah. removing some of that power. It reminds me of something that used to happen in ancient Rome. And I, I looked it up and I'm going to read, read this to you. It's called secessio plebis, right? It's plebeian secession, right? So seceding from something. So withdrawal of the commoners or secession of the plebes was an informal exercise of power by Rome's plebeian citizens, similar in concept to a general strike. During the secessio plebis, the plebes would abandon the city en masse in a protest immigration and leave the patrician order to themselves. Therefore, a secessio meant that all shops and workshops would shut down and commercial transactions would largely cease. And they would do that when they felt like their rights were being trampled on, when they were couldn't afford things. People were getting mm-hmm. you know, monopolies, a little too big for their bridges, all this stuff. They would say, cool, fuck yeah. it, we're out, and would leave. Yeah. And they would walk away. And essentially, those people, the patricians, all the power they had was because people were coming to them for these outsourced things again, right? So mm-hmm. what you're talking about, you, we kind of need a secession of the plebes here. Mm-hmm. For, for this to kind of take some of that power back, which is kind of why I wanted to have Felix come on the episode we just dropped this week from Troop, yep. teaching people how to take it, take their investing in their own hands and get some of that power back from the C-suite, right? But that's what it is, is what you're talking about, Zach, and, and you too, mm-hmm. Jody, is, is we need to take that power back by walking away from yeah. these systems. That's why – I wholeheartedly like, agree. And that's, that's like the, the – I don't know. Maybe I'm just – a little bit crazy or something, but like that's the, that's the future. No, I you're want not for like my no, family not. stuff. Not not sue me, my wife. You're not I, the only one. My, in my in our vision, in my mind, is that when we like 10, 15, 20 years from now, we're going to be in a position, and you have to plan for it. 
You know, we're going to have to sacrifice for it. We're going to give up some things and we're going to work towards it. But I would love to have like a little community. Maybe Brandon's mm-hmm. there. A couple other of my buddies I'll be are there. there. Yeah. And we're, we're our own little You're community. You're co-oping. Yeah, mm-hmm. co Yeah. We're our own little community, a little homestead thing. And we all kind of have our unique trades. We're coming in. We pretty much make our Leather own chaps. town. Yeah, make our own little town. And that's right. We're just we're just living it. You can have a bigger mustache. Uh, yeah. I, I, I tell you, and, I would love and Zach, to have your dad's my, a I would love to have my tin my little tin can with a string over to Brandon's house. Brandon, I already there know how go. to play the harmonica, so we're good for campfires. <laughs> you're, you're, yeah, right. I want right to zip, zip line over to your porch. Like <laughs> Okay. And your dad's a builder, Zach. So yeah. you know you've got you've got talent there. You can yeah. build this stuff up. I've got an Air Force buddy that moved to uh, his family moved to Montana. They bought ten acres. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, had an existing home. They built a second home for his kids. They built a barn. They're doing the whole thing off the grid, livestock, growing vegetables, homeschooling. Yep, everything. And right what's crazy is even you can use today's technology to your benefit. You can set up your own solar mm-hmm. array. You can set yep. up your own hydropower plant. You can, like, today's technology doesn't need, like, I, I was joking when I said we can go back 50, 100 years and it'd be nice, but you can use today's technology to your betterment without having to be enveloped sure. by the technology. A slave a slave to it, yeah. yeah. Now, my uh, my brother's got 40 acres east of Kingman off I-40 for sale right now, completely self-contained. Uh, he wants to downsize, and they're moving to uh, Sholo, Arizona. But uh, solar generator, water tank—it's com—it's—it's it's completely self-contained, completely yeah. off the grid. And he's just trying to find a buyer for it. Forty acres for—I think it's—he's uh, got it for just a little less than six hundred thousand. Trying to find my that my, exact situation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I could right. build a whole compound yeah. on forty acres, and hey, never could. see the same people. You and can, you and, can make I would love days. That. A commune of like mini container homes and you just live together mm-hmm. and you're your own yeah. little society away from all the craziness. Just yeah, be exactly like clue clues when you're deployed. <laughs> yeah, good. Yes. Yeah. There you go. Stacked container living. Yeah. My uh yep. my great uncle Gary, uh, he had his own little cabin in like North Idaho. Um and uh it it has its own like water source, has its own power source. It's all completely off grid. Mm-hmm. I've always yeah. I'm not gonna say exactly where it is because that's the place I'm going don't. to when the zombie outbreak happens. Yeah, no, no, but, don't uh, secret zombie, <laughs> yeah. zombie breakout. Nice. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's it. The, that's uh, the place to go. It, you you could you could go up there and you just be off grid and self sufficient. Like I know how to hunt. I'll go get mm-hmm. a couple deer, a couple elk. There's a creek nearby full of fish like well i'll be fine <laughs> but like that's you know, what the, i want i i know um there, there's a lot of city people they'll 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 go to a, a an enclave a, a vacation spot that's like that where it's yeah. completely off the grid and they can't sleep because it's so quiet mm-hmm. yeah there is no electrical interference going on in the air you know the, all, everything that's going on around us from all of our electric none of that is present a and their bodies health, are so in yeah. tune to that that when you get them in nature they actually freak out it takes them a while to adjust yeah. they forget, I get a, test a lot of that. people forget that we are still animals on this little blue dot mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. with animal things that we need to do and a lot of health professionals yeah. say yeah. that it's good for you they, they they actually say that you should do it like monthly 
you should just go stay a night or two, like in a tent in the middle of the woods and just yeah. like no technology, no nothing. Just go reconnect with just nature camp. for like 24 mm-hmm. hours, reset your normal sleep pattern, reset it all. And then come back. Andrew Huberman talks yep. about that. I actually love, love Does his he? podcast. Yeah. I've heard yeah. him say that before. He talks about the, the benefits of sunlight first thing mm-hmm. in the morning, that red light that you get from them. He's, if you don't, if you, anybody listening, you've never listened to Andrew Huberman, highly, highly recommend um, listening to his podcast. He is, he's absolutely brilliant. He's an actual doctor. It's not just somebody like me mm-hmm. giving you advice. Um, mm-hmm. But you know, to, to your point, Jody, when I was in Montana, I remember the first time I went camping up at Glacier National Park. And I remember like, you, cause, cause when, when you're doing your thing during the day, making dinner, doing whatever, playing with, playing with my daughter at the time. There's noise. Everything is normal, right? Yeah. And then when it came time to wind down, I, I stopped the campfire, went to sleep. And I remember like, holy crap, like this is too, this is almost overwhelming. Just the amount of the silence. And exactly. Yeah. The bugs, the trees, yep. all that. It was almost like as weird the wind, as weird mm-hmm. as it sounds, exactly. it was like heavy on my brain. And I had mm-hmm. to get used to it to fall asleep because it is. We're yeah. so and, and and by the way, like side topic, if you've never seen the stars out in the middle of nowhere, that, oh, you're that, missing will, out. that will change your life. You are. And dude, and I'll say this too, man. I, people, we, we've talked about this a few times. I know this is a little sidebar, Zach, but we've talked about this a few times on the podcast about like where God came from and where man became, you know, religious, religious and all this stuff. And, mm-hmm. and like the stone date theory with mushrooms and stuff. Dude, if, you, if you've, if you've never gone and looked at an, uninterrupted with light pollution night sky it is no mistake about how and why early man doing nothing else but existing looked up all the time and sat there and talked about it because it it changes Mm -hmm. it's it's absolutely immaculate and Mm -hmm. like just just no wonder we looked up and came up with stories and it, it inspires mm-hmm. that sense of awe. It's, it's incredible. So but I just, yeah, it makes me that. feel sad right no, now it, you're... is that there's, there's gotta be tens, tens of millions, probably maybe even hundreds of millions mm-hmm. of human beings on this planet who actually haven't seen a non-polluted clear night sky. Yeah. There's that's probably true. hundreds yeah. of millions of humans on this planet who have not, who don't even know what morning dew is. Yeah. Well, it's like when we were in Kenya, Zach, the sky like, was amazing too. Oh, I wasted so many oh, AAA. Sure. I wasted so many AAA batteries on my NVGs looking up at that sky. <laughs> Dude, and, and it's yeah. the southern hemisphere too, so it's totally different yeah. than what we were we were used to anyway. It's it was funny, amazing. Like, you know, yeah. we're, we're saying like, get away from technology, but I had an app when we were there on my phone. And it, it mm-hmm. would oh, tell yeah, me, you could so you could start it, spotting it stars, tell, yeah. Hey, that's Southern Mars. Cross. Hey, there's that. And it was funny. Is it like look below? You'd be like, hey, Venus is like right below us. It's through the Earth right now. <laughs> I know. That's yeah. like, sorry, Jody. You were going to say something. Yeah. No, 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 no. I was just going to add to that. I lived in Flagstaff, north of here, mm. three hours um, for seven years. That's where our family businesses were, and uh, the observatory that's there, the Lowell Observatory, is where they discovered Pluto. So for what it's worth. Mm. It tells you how clear the sky is there. And that's okay. where I did first experience that as a kid, mm-hmm. but then later living there as an adult. And the beauty and the wind, you mentioned the wind, Zach, mm-hmm. uh, the wind whistling through pine trees. There's just, 
Mm-hmm. Nothing like yeah. it. So no. I, I just I amazing. And the, the stars are so clear looking up. You you actually feel like I'm I'm just gonna somebody find me a ladder. I wanna just I wanna yeah. go. I wanna go up there because you feel like it's so crystal clear that you can touch it. And to the, to what you just said, the fact that there are people that have never been in an atmosphere where it was so clear and so quiet that they could just get lost in yeah. the night sky. Uh, it's it's yeah. that's sad. I it's grew a, up it's in a Western Washington. Experience. I grew up in Western Washington, and it's like it rains all the time, mm-hmm. right? And that's something I still miss to this day. I actually miss like thunderstorms, like just being yeah. in the mm-hmm. rain. Like it was raining today, yeah. and I was driving home, and I was like, this, "This feels like home. I just like this rain. I like this like." There's just so many yeah. things. Mm-hmm. Just uh, like growing up. Yeah. Are you? Uh, you live outside Phoenix, Joe? Where are you at in Arizona? You don't need. I don't yeah, exact I live, address, live in the but... East Valley, uh, okay. which is, uh, in essence, about sixty minutes from Central Phoenix. Okay, it's all one big city, obviously yeah. now, but it's Gilbert, Arizona, so it's in the East Valley. That's uh, where. Uh, that's where I'm not assuming I really like to go to next. So I'm still waiting for the Air Force to decide. But I like to. I would like to be at Luke Air Force Base, which is right there in Phoenix. At Luke? Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's where that's where Marcus is stationed, uh, and we're right down from the old Willie Air Force Base. We're about two miles away, which I did some TDY work there years ago. Uh, yeah. It was one of those old historic uh, pilot training bases from World War II, and mm-hmm. made it all the way through until the first BRAC closures in ninety one, ninety two, somewhere in there. If I do now end up there, I'm gonna, airport, but... I'm gonna come take you out to dinner. I'm gonna do it. We're gonna go on a little. Date. Oh man, yeah, dude. If well, that happens, I'm gonna. I'll, I'm going. <laughs> Well, I'm going to be I'll, there anyway. Next, you're going to be there. In a, you're going to be here in April. I am. We're all going to yeah. get together. Yeah, dude, I, I want <laughs> to go to uh, Chris Bianco's restaurant. I want to go. To, uh, oh man, yeah, yeah. world class pizza. Mm-hmm. Dude, that's Jeez. me, man. Dude, for real. Yeah. Like, if you never, if you Zach, so uh, now we're like totally getting off topic, but that's fine. Netflix <laughs> has, yeah, Netflix has, yeah, there, half the time on our podcast, there really, there's topics, but then there's just you know, yeah, but, and then it goes. Mm-hmm. Yep. I'm trying to remember the name of uh, the, the show on Netflix, but they did a, a special on just pizza and it's all these different episodes. Um, maybe you could look it up, Zach, just so I can name drop it. But um, the first episode is about Chris Bianco. And I was actually T.Y. in San Antonio sitting in the hotel room watching this one night. And I was like, you know what? I fucking love pizza <laughs> and I'm going to watch this. And so I did. Chef's and- Table Pizza. Chef's Table Pizza, yeah, yeah, yeah. Chris if Bianco, you've never watched, season one, if you've never one. that, yeah, if you've never watched that episode, so you know, go watch it. But I'm gonna, I'm putting myself at risk here when I say that I'm sitting in in this hotel room on this hotel bed, like starting to tear up listening to this guy talk about pizza. Yeah, <laughs> you know, but it's a love affair. It's yeah. it, it is, dude. The the passion yeah. he has for that, and it's not just pizza. It's it's the way he was raised. It's the way he mm-hmm. makes his dough. It's the tomatoes. Mm-hmm. It's the mozzarella. It's the way to yeah. bake it. Like all this stuff. It's crazy. I know this sounds so dorky if you're just listening to it. And you have to watch this episode to really get the gist of what I'm getting at. But if you've ever had a passion, you can associate and understand. But just watching him. So yeah. I've said this. I have to go to his restaurant if I'm ever in in Arizona. So in I'm, I'm going. Yeah. I'm going. Yeah. Yeah. You ever had? Uh, yeah, it's 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 popular. Mm-hmm. You ever had Domino's? Oh, Domino's? No, do, Domino's, a local place. Domino's. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, the one across the street from Pizza Hut. 
Yeah. Pizza good stuff, chain. Man. Yeah. Domino's. Domino's. It's family owned. Domino's. Dude, I actually, I actually like me some Domino's, dude. I really I do. do too. What's, yeah, yeah, it's one of those. It's one of those. Uh, every every Air Force base or every military yeah. post had a Domino's outside of it. So it's yes, tradition. Well, there's it one was, on Travis. There's a Domino's on Travis. Is it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, was, it was like one of the mm-hmm. only places uh, I deployed to Curacao, and it was like one of the only like Lucky. American-ish things that was there. But they would deliver to the main gate, so I would I would order Domino's and just show up, and I'm like, "Hey, thanks." <laughs> Perfect. Is is that the yeah. deployment from with your infamous video? Yes, that is the yeah. deployment infamous video. It's also oh, the okay. deployment where some interesting things happened. In a different country nearby that I'm not going to mm-hmm. get into today. So, yeah, Cur- you were in Curacao. Is that where you were? Yeah, I was in Curacao. Was, yeah, Curacao. Uh, okay. Part of, I fell under Southcom, and we were working with the DEA. Um, uh-huh. We technically didn't fall under the Air Force. It was weird. It was like they were DEA C-130s and a whole bunch of other stuff. Really cool. Wow. I'm not going to get into it now. I'm going to tease it. Yeah. You yeah. can listen to it in a different one. Brandon will take a note. Yeah. He'll ask me in some popcorn podcast episode. <laughs> Where, where's I'll Jesse Carey? I'll have to see. Yeah, that too. Jesse Carey, where you at? <laughs> there you go. Yep. That's perfect. Wow. Jo- Jody, thank you for real, man. Like it, this is uh this has probably been one of my favorite conversations. And if you've been listening to this he podcast, says that every time. I say this all the time, <laughs> but it's true. I can have more than one favorite. This really was. This is an awesome conversation. Um, this one did feel and, and, really down to earth, genuine. It did. And I've said Dude. this about um, uh, his Daniel. What was his name? The Tech P. What was his name? He wrote the book. Oh, Are you come on, Dan Schilling. Yes, you talking Dan? Well, he's not so yeah, Dan Schilling. He wasn't Tech P. He was yeah. combat, combat, combat controller. Combat controller. My bad, mm-hmm. Dan. Sorry for degrading yep. you. So the. Uh, <laughs> The conversation I had with Dan Schillings reminded me a lot of my dad. You mm-hmm. also, Joe, reminded me a lot of my dad. Oh, like, thank that you. A, I, that's no, a, it's I, a term I appreciate of that because I love my dad dearly. Let me find a goofy photo no, of my I, dad. I appreciate that. I'm going to bring it up. I, right uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I don't, I don't feel 59, but um, when I look back on it, like you know, the stuff that I sent to you guys, all the things that I've done, that it's you know, you look 25. Yeah, it, it, no shit, I look old as I look old as hell on this on this TV monitor. But um, it's, yeah, it's, it's you know, just what the are you gonna do? That's the way it is. It. It's the grainy guess, camera. Yeah. No. Yeah. I, uh, yeah. When, I just want to say for everybody uh, listening, wherever you listen to us or or watch us, please go find us on the other platforms that you you may not use and and give us that follow or subscribe or maybe change it up if you watch or listen to us on Spotify go and listen to us on YouTube one day. Um, it really makes a difference. It helps us out. And um, I've said this before. Uh, if you send us a picture of you leaving us a five-star rating and, and, a, and a rate, um, I will uh, definitely shout you out on the page and I would like to send you a free sticker. So, um, and I, I think I owe you free stickers, Jody. So I got I to do that too. Oh, so, nice. Yeah. Um, but yeah, please. Um, please give us a follow, like, and subscribe wherever you're at. Zach, you going to pull that picture up of, uh, your dad or, uh, Facebook is not or... letting me log in because I haven't logged in on this computer in a certain amount of time. So sorry. Yeah. Okay. But okay. To, to everyone listening, follow us on Instagram. I'm going to get a, 
picture of my dad and we're going to put it right next to a picture of you, Joe. And no one's going to know the oh, difference. Perfect. It's exactly the same. So, <laughs> Which one was perfect. our guest? <laughs> now, okay. So how old is your dad, Zach? Uh, let me do quick maths real quick. So I'm 30. My brother Colin is four years younger than me. So he's 26. My dad's 30 years. So 56. What year? I'm sorry. I broke up. Uh, he's 56 years old. I, I suck at math. He's 56. Yeah. Okay. He's 56. And Brandon, I don't remember in all the, this time, I don't, what year did your dad join the air force? My dad joined, I want to say, in 89 or 90. I was born when he joined. Um, when I was when I was born, he was selling cars. So I wasn't... Um, That's right. I've heard you say yeah, that. Yeah. So it was right after that. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. Okay. And he retired, right? He did. He retired. Yeah. Both my brother and sister were born um, in Virginia when my dad was at Langley Air Force Base. So they, okay. uh, they've known, you know, I, well, I really don't remember much uh, prior to our Air Force life, but um, that's all yeah. I know for yeah. sure. Yeah. 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 Well, those were, the 80s were good times. Sometimes, sometime maybe we'll have to chat about that because there's. Uh, yes. Uh, it was a very interesting time to add some some context with with a lot of the people that I'm connected with on on Instagram, you guys, and a lot of others. Most of them, they don't, you know. There's that time period there post Vietnam that there wasn't much going on, but there was a lot going on politically mm-hmm. and uh, militarily from the Reagan buildups and, and so many things that were going on at that time. Mm-hmm. Um, there's 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 a lot of good stuff to flesh out in some of those experiences at that time. So. I think I think talking and listening about your time in during that time will probably lead to some conversations about current times because there's a lot of parallels. Oh, it's, it very like, much so. Looks like Zach. Holy smokes! Oh yes, dude, that's Joe. Zach. You made it. Yeah. You made a mistake. That's actually Jody. What are you doing? Yeah. Oh my gosh! Yes, yeah, exactly. It's, I, I should th- <laughs> to show, send a picture of me with a goatee. It'll be look at that because like, to uh, to a T, so watch, to speak. Watch this too. Watch. Yeah, there you go. We're the same person. Power, power it's to us. Hair's, a, it's hair's overrated. <laughs> totally. <laughs> totally. Zach's We're got to grow it on because he can't grow it on his head. It's fair. Yeah. Well, like too. I say. That's that's the Tom Selleck thing. I don't need to see that. Um, what's that? He said he grows oh, it yeah. on his butt too. I said I don't need to see that. Yeah, well, I can't grow it on my head, so I've I've got yeah. it. I've got it all right here. Right. So. Yeah. All right. Well, thank Good you. Deal. Thank you again for coming on, Jody. We'll definitely have you back. Oh, we can t- we can talk about we'll talk about your service and we'll we'll draw some parallels. Oh, there's, what's yeah, going there's, on. there's all kinds of things, but I, I love there's stuff way we, more. I loved what we. I was gonna say there's oh, way yeah, more. Yeah. To the listeners, yeah. Joe is such an interesting guy. I was going through this email he sent me, and I was like, "What the heck?" He's lived like ten <laughs> lives. So we've got it's true, and we just started with his OBGYN experience. Yeah, yeah with, first the, for this with podcast. The, yeah, with the physician stuff. But the yeah. stuff we talked about is is actually more important. It's very germane today. Mm-hmm. So I, I to what's going on, and actually what was what's going on at this very moment mm-hmm. that we're recording this. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and I hope, uh, at, at least, uh, you know, listeners can, can get some, garner some awareness as to, to what's going on and, and the battles that we've got in front of us, just, just based on the things that we talked about, because as we discussed earlier, we've got things going on 
all the way around us that, that we're being attacked on as a society. And For sure. uh, there's a lot of stuff to talk about and flesh out. And uh, target rich environment. Target rich environment, but you know, there's there's uh, there, there's got to be a tactical awareness and a strategic awareness on how to, to attack these things and, and take them head on and awareness with the general public because mm -hmm. there, there's there's people out there that just still have their head stuck in the ground. Unfortunately. Yeah. All right. All right, gentlemen. Okay, guys. Thank you again. Another episode. I came with fire podcast. We're out. What's going on, fire fans? I came with fire podcast is sponsored by Red Clover Coffee and Sheep's Clothing LLC. Red Clover Coffee is a veteran-owned company with small batch roasted coffees, and they just happen to donate to some pretty awesome charities. Whether you're into specialty flavored coffees, single-source coffees, or having a really cool coffee mug and some badass slaps, Red Clover has you covered. You can order ground, whole bean, or even coffee pods and get it all at 10% off your entire purchase using coupon code CAMEWITHFIRE. Again, that's 10% off your entire purchase using our coupon code CAMEWITHFIRE. I personally love their Blueberry Invasion and African Roast. That Blueberry Invasion hits the spot. Head over and get yourself some awesome coffee and support us by supporting our sponsor. I Came With Fire podcast is also sponsored by Sheep's Clothing, LLC. Sheep's Clothing, LLC is a unifying banner for all violent arts, disciplines, professions, and survivors of violent circumstances. Redefine violence. Both Zach and I being survivors of violent circumstances and LEOs in the military, we are especially excited to be able to offer you 10% off your entire purchase with coupon code FIRE10 at checkout. Whether you're looking for an awesome t-shirt, hats, slaps, flags, or MMA gear, they've got you covered. Me personally, I love my snapback with the leather patch surrounded by God's flannel. If you know, you know. That's coupon code FIRE10. F-I-R-E-1-0 at checkout for 10% off your entire purchase. Thank you all so much for supporting this podcast. And if you should feel compelled, treat yourself by supporting our sponsors as well. They truly make a difference for us. Now let's make a difference for them. See you on the next show.